Welcome to the Dramatically Different Dietitian Podcast. I am your host, Cheryl Ravelis Majapinto, and I am a registered dietitian nutritionist and a certified lifestyle eating and performance therapist. I specialize in emotional eating, and I am also the owner of Healing Heart Nutrition and the creator of the Gain Control of Your Eating program. Join me, and together, let us gain some perspective on how to finally end the guilt behind how we actually eat and to actually start living your truth today. Hello, everyone, and I wanted to talk today a little bit about diets and kind of my experience and my thought with diets and the emotional piece behind it. And, you know, growing up in my world as a young adult, especially my mom, not to point her out or to say that any of my issues with food stemmed from her, but my mom was always on some form of a diet. Also, my grandmother One of my grandmothers, she was always buying those good housekeeping magazines or the star magazines. I don't even know if they sell those anymore in the grocery store. But the latest fad diet, whether that meant just eating grapefruit or restricting breads, whatever that may be. I always felt like I was exposed to that in some sense. And my mother was big on Weight Watchers. That was always her thing. And, you know, although... It was always a topic of discussion in my house. It was never, nothing was ever restricted. It was just kind of replaced. And it was replaced with something that in my, you know, back then I didn't know it was unhealthy, but now I know it was not healthy. Like we always had a refrigerator full of tab. If any of you know what that is, I'm aging myself. And when low-fat milk first came out, Seal Seal Test was the name of the milk company that we had. And it was uh, in a carton. And it was a blue and white label. And it was just low-fat. It wasn't, you know, like it is now. 2% and skim and all these different varieties. It was just basically low-fat. So I remember a diet being that way, right? So you're, you're drinking something that has no calories you're maybe eating something that is low fat, low sugar, um, you know, fat free, or you're eating something because of points, right? So they were low in points. Fiber was a big one back then, the Fiber One products. I'll never forget the first time I was encountered with Fiber One, not, nothing against Fiber One products, but they made these brownies and my mother would buy them. And I was like, oh man, they're only like one point or whatever it maybe was on Weight Watchers. And I remember eating maybe two or three in that one day and having terrible uh, GI issues, you know, gas and bloating. And clearly because the ingredients in there was one of something that you don't ingest. One of them being illin, which is a fiber that actually helps you to, you know, increase the transit time. In this case, I just overloaded on it. Another one of my, you know, lovey fat, you know, um, what was it? Uh, zero point items was a potato chip called Wow. And it was made with Olestra. So I guess you can imagine what and how I felt eating Fiber One bars and Olestra. And even though I was within my alloyed points and probably losing weight, I think, you know, I did, really didn't need to lose weight at the time, but I thought I did. I was feeling awful and having diarrhea. Isn't that funny, right? And, and, and again, 
having this this idea that that's what a diet was. And I don't know if any of that makes any sense to any of you or if any of you kind of grew up around that era that I did and were exposed to some of those things. But that really was my first kind of encounter with, with dieting. And although it may have worked, it wasn't always the prettiest, right? It just wasn't always the prettiest. And it never taught anything. It never really taught me anything. And I think, um, you know, again, the emotional piece of it and being taught that it was okay to still eat these foods, these, you know, chips or cookies or, um, you know, sweets that I liked so much, but eating them in a way where it wasn't going to cost me any harm to my body, meaning gaining weight, right? Because I clearly cared about that and I didn't want to gain weight. So it's just, it's just weird how, how all that kind of works out. So, you know, now I'm older, I'm an adult and, you know, I want to say, was it two years ago? Yeah, two years ago, because this is the second summer. Um, I, a friend of mine, a really good friend of mine, um, very active male, very fit male, asked me if I wanted to do the 75 hard with him. And, you know, at the time I'm like, well, you know, whatever, I don't really know what it is. And he kind of gave me a really quick summary. I never really got into the logistics of it. I never really looked it up myself. I kind of just did it with him based off of what he told me. And basically what we needed to do was two 45-minute workouts, one having to be outside and following some form of a meal plan or a diet and absolutely no alcohol, no sweets, reading a paper book, right? Not a Kindle or on a phone, but a paper book of 10 pages a night and um, taking a picture of yourself. And that basically, oh, and drinking water. I had to drink um, a gallon of water a day. So I thought to myself, you know what? I could do this. This is this is not a big deal, right? Let me let me try to do this. And it gave me an opportunity to to um, kind of build on the relationship that I had with my friend and and, and bring us closer and kind of have an accountability bud, right? So I decided what I was going to do. I, I figured I was going to pick a meal plan or a diet that was very close and aligned with what and how I typically eat, which is the Mediterranean diet. Well, you know, not that I'm on a diet, but I I do tried to stick with those principles. Um, you know, after I, you know, I know I shared with you in the last episode, after I, I figured out all my food sensitivity issues and I and I kind of got my inflammation under control, I found that sticking to those guidelines really have been very helpful to me. And, you know, primarily anyone that's familiar with the Mediterranean guidelines, it's, um, you know, lots of healthy fats and, you know, fish and, you know, lean meats more so going with the poultry uh, nuts and seeds and lots of fruits and vegetables. And um, and yeah, so that's kind of what I did. The working out wasn't really a big deal. The only thing with me with that was the time. And, you know, what I ended up doing was my working out ended up either being a yoga class and then just doing a walk, which today to this day, I really am pretty good where I kind of still fit in those two walks a day. And I actually enjoy being outside. So that was a great thing. And um, the reading, the reading was great because I don't know if any of you don't read, I always suggest and think that you should. Um, I like to read things that are inf information things that help enhance my, um, you know, mental health piece and my you know, kind of self-help. And then obviously as a clinician, learning on how I can continue to continue my education with that. So that was 
great as well. But one of the things that I struggled with that I didn't realize that maybe I had an issue with, I thought I kind of had it under control because I um, you know, was feeling better, is sweets and alcohol. Although I'm not a big alcohol drinker, you know, I would say once or twice a month, I would have it. And then recently, which brings me to kind of like my topic today, to talk about holiday eating or transitioning uh, seasonal eating, the summer, the summer was something that has been a challenge for me. I found out this summer versus last summer when I was on 75 hard, it really wasn't an issue. I didn't think of it, but this summer I did because I'm not on it, right? Even though some of the principles I still live by, which one of them being the exercise and the other one being the reading. Those are two things that I'm happy that I, I really, although I may not stick to them every day, at least 95% of the time I am. So what do I mean by that? So the, the meal plan that I follow, Mediterranean diet and absolutely no alcohol and no sweets was what we had agreed to. So I found out that this summer, it was very easy for me not having that kind of give or take mentality, it's all or nothing mentality. I was exposing myself to maybe once a week of having alcohol. Now, granted, maybe it wasn't like I was drinking a whole bottle of wine, but it would be a glass of wine here, a cocktail here, and sweets. Although I wasn't going anywhere to purchase the sweets, I like to entertain. Anyone that knows me knows I love to cook. And, you know, I'd have family, I'd have friends, and I'd make things. I'd make things that maybe I wouldn't make last year, or if I did make it, I didn't eat it because I knew that I had this mentality that I wasn't going to have any sweets or alcohol, where this year during the summer, I didn't think that way. And I ate more of it, right? So long story short, I just, you know, I put an outfit on the other day that I didn't put on since the fall. And it still fit me, but I realized that, oh, wow, you know, it's it's a little snug on me. My point is that in having the, you know, two and a half or three months of summer and allowing myself to not really have any restrictions, not that I restrict myself anyways, but maybe allowing myself to have, you know, one or two alcoholic beverages more than others or allowing myself to have the sweets more than I normally do, I put on some weight. Didn't take long, right? Took me about five pounds. Took me, you know, I'm about five pounds up. Now, for me, okay, I have a little leeway where I can do that, but I'm starting to feel a little bit uncomfortable. So all that kind of really did was make me become more aware of kind of what I'm doing and then kind of realizing that even though I kind of put myself on this, I don't want to say restricted because I didn't restrict myself at all, but kind of like I put myself on this this rule plan, I had an accountability partner, didn't really think about it until this year when I realized that, wow, I'm an emotional person, an emotional eater still, thinking I have things under control, but yet being at family parties, having people that maybe I'm, you know, haven't seen in a while, celebrating things that, you know, I'm not normally celebrating during all times of year, it's all associated with food. And even my own self of wanting to make things for people out of my sense of love. So it's not necessarily a good or a bad thing. It's just, it's something I want to bring up to, first of all, relatable, right? I'm relatable. There's lots of people that I think struggle or um, live kind of how I live or, 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 or go through some of the things that I go through. And looking at the fact that it's neither good or bad, 
It's just looking at it in a way that, wow, do I want to have control over this? Do I want to be aware? Do I want to um, recognize that I'm doing these things? Yeah, I kind of do. And have a little bit more control over it? Yeah, I do. So what am I doing now? Well, I'm only doing something if I really want it. For example, this past weekend, I was out again, out with some friends, out with family. And um, we were at a restaurant. There was an opportunity to eat the rolls that were on the table that I didn't order. There was an opportunity. Everybody ordered a drink. I could have ordered a drink. And there was an opportunity. I happened to pick a set price menu. So I got an appetizer. I got a meal. And I got a dessert. So, you know, if I wasn't really thinking about it, like I really wasn't this whole summer, I probably would have just did everything. I would have got the glass of wine. I maybe would have had the um, roll in the olive oil. And then I would have had the dessert, right? But I thought about it and I says, okay, I recognize I didn't really like the way I felt putting that outfit on, realized, got on the scale, which I don't do very often. And I realized, put some weight on. So all it did was just make me more aware. I really didn't want the wine. It's just, I would have had the wine because I was in a social environment with other people that were having it. So my point is, don't have something unless you really want it. There could be times where I may really want all those three things. But in that moment, I really didn't. And I guess throughout the whole summer, there were probably times or moments that I may not have wanted a lot of the things that I did. But because I wasn't aware or because I wasn't setting an intention around it, it just kind of happened. And I think that's how a lot of people end up, especially if they're an emotional eater. I think that's how, without even knowing, right? So we think emotional eater, oh, I'm, I'm only eating because I'm sad. I'm only eating because, you know, I'm frustrated or whatever. But a lot of times we can eat just because of the environment of just being happy and because there are no rules and because there are no uh, intentions behind it. And if we're so busy and we're so organized and we're so set to a certain agenda all the time, like I am, I think, we don't want to do it. So if you're emotional, right, you can just allow that to happen without you knowing it. And I think what happens is sometimes people do that with food. Six months go by, five pounds go on. Another six months go on, five months, um, I'm sorry, five additional pounds go on. At the end of the year, before you know it, you're 15 pounds heavier than you used to be. And because of that, you may have developed pre-diabetes because you know your your blood sugar is elevated now because you're at an increased weight so I bring it up because you know um it's something that can happen and it's it's again not neither a good or a bad thing but it's something that I think we need to be aware of so are you a person that is a seasonal eater are you a person meaning you know the seasons I live in New England so you know Fall is coming. Summer is to an end. I tend to sometimes have less rules and eat more during the summer versus fall and winter. Some people eat more during fall or winter or they have that emotional view of it from the smells or family or whatever it may be. So are you a seasonal eater? And if you are, do you even know that you are? Such as me, kind of like this revolution of putting on this outfit and recognizing, I'm sorry, putting on this, yeah, putting on this outfit essentially and recognizing, not recognizing that it you know, was a little snug and saying, okay, well, why is it snug? And then kind of looking back at my activity over the past few months and realizing, well, 
Cheryl, that's why it's snug. You really haven't been mindful. Although you're eating the Mediterranean principles, lots of lean meats, lots of fruits and vegetables, because I haven't changed my eating in any way. The only thing I've done is allow myself to maybe have one or two more drinks than I normally do, or one or two maybe sweets than more than I do. So um, be aware, be aware, and notice your emotions behind it. It doesn't always necessarily have to be a sad emotion or a negative emotion. It can be a happy emotion. So I'm just throwing that out there. Um, wanted to know if any of you are seasonal eaters, wanting to know if any of you allow your environment to get you to engage in things that, you know, you don't even really know you're doing. Again, getting the alcohol just because everybody's doing it, getting the dessert just because everybody's doing it. Um, and if you are, ask yourself, are you okay with that or are you not? Curious to know your thoughts on that and uh, just wanted to share a little bit of my personal experience with you on some emotional eating. I've got myself a little bit back in the awareness of moment, feeling good and feeling like I'm a little bit more in control around food. As you know, it's ebbs and flows, right? So sometimes we're feeling great about it and sometimes we're not feeling so great. The important thing is to be kind to yourself, meet yourself with, um, you know, non-judgment and just being more aware. Thanks for listening today and joining me. And I look forward to talking to you in my next podcast. Thanks everybody for listening to the Dramatically Different Dietitian with your host, Cheryl Ravelis Magipinto. 